From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Great spot. That was awesome. And I really meant it. If we change it to just who's getting the alcohol, we're just going to get drunk all the time, I'm going to nominate myself. Some horse's ass who does not love this country. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour on a Monday. It's Cofield and Company. Busy, busy day. Lots of breaking news around the NBA. Chris Paul is back with the Suns. Kawhi Leonard, not exactly back with the Clippers yet, but it looks like uh, he opted out to return to the Clippers. But, you know, we know in the NBA, just like many leagues, but based on the NBA a couple of years ago, all the craziness, uh, anything can happen. You know, with some of the big name players, Kyle Lowry is going to be moving on from the Raptors to the Heat. Uh, Lakers just got Wayne Ellington. And uh, in the last five minutes, it's confirmed that Dwight Howard is coming back across the country and rejoining the Lakers. Interesting. That was an interesting one because I thought that was – I guess they can't make it official until today. Like, I thought I saw that one, like, four days ago. Um, Actually, I remember, like, sitting at at the beach and, like, oh, Dwight Howard's going back to the Lakers. And then today it's like, wow, Dwight Howard to the Lakers. But you never know. We've seen in the past certain free agents are uh, make decisions, and then when it's actually time to sign, they change their mind and – uh, we see what happens, but yeah, that's uh, the Lakers are stockpiling old players to go around their their big three and see if that can work out for them. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. I mean, that's happened throughout the history of basketball, right? We've had sure. super teams in basketball for a good forty years now, um, and anyone who doesn't think we have, you know, that that hasn't been the situation in the past, you're an idiot. Uh, the Celtics were a super team. The Lakers were a super team in the 80s. The Sixers were a super team. We've always seen old guys to fill out a squad. Old guys will jump on board to try to win a title. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And the Lakers aren't going to have a ton of options for player options to fill out the rest of the roster aside from old guys who are ring chasing. The Bulls. Rodman went there. That they added Kukoc. Kukoc, but Kukoc guys was, were Kukoc was in his prime. It was in his prime. I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't an old vet. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, Lakers. You know, where guys like Peyton and Malone are trying to win down the stretch. Sure. And and the Bulls teams are always filled out by a bunch of other veterans that are like, oh, I'll go there and mm-hmm. you know, jump 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 there at the end of my career and help them win a title. Like that's that's what teams have been forever. Kyle Kuzma's out of town. He's off to. The Wiz, he went in the deal for Russell Westbrook. And then uh, talk about a day or a couple of days, you find out you're going from L.A., La La Land, you know, the center of the universe, to freaking Washington, where the Wiz have been, uh, you know, okay. Uh, But Westbrook was one of the reasons that they got the playoff drive last year. And then on top of all that, uh, the guy's going to be on the move soon. His truck got stolen. Whoever stole it took it on a high-speed chase and freaking wrecked the truck. So, yeah, he had a... uh, uh, Chevy Tahoe says it was stolen somewhere in Hollywood. Eventually, it was in a uh, police pursuit around 1.30 in the morning on Sunday morning. Maybe somebody was trying to drive it to Washington for him. No. No. I mean, <laughs> uh, and, you know, sadly, uh, it, it sounds like in, you know, in some ways it was very much like what happened here with the lunatic who was on the oh, 15 man. who freaking, you know, nailed a law enforcement officer and he's now passed away. Uh, but, yeah, someone super dangerous trying to run with – 
Koozie's car got into a freaking accident. The car's ruined. Well, it's also one parting shot from LA where, where the high speed chase is a, a daily occurrence. <laughs> and um, don't forget where you came from, Koozie. It's, yeah, a nice parting gift from the people of LA to, to remember them by. Uh, it, it's just a, this makes a terrible week, right? You're like, oh, by the way, uh, this team that has a chance to win a title that is in LA and so much fun and be around LeBron and take the benefit of that. Oh, but uh, go to Washington for a while and somebody's going to steal your car. Number four. Have you bet USA basketball on men's side at all? No, not really. I bet him for the tournament. I bet him to win gold when it got down to minus 225. I'm not super confident that they're going to win. And I hope they learn the lesson from the U.S. women's soccer team, who clearly came in unfocused, flopped, and wound up losing today in the semifinals. Uh, U.S. women's team was a minus 185 favorite, and they couldn't even get to the gold medal game. What a travesty. Minus twenty five is not that massive of a favorite. Uh, they, they, I, I didn't think they were necessarily the best team coming in. I thought they had the most experience and um, certainly should be the favorites to win, but I thought it was a pretty tight field. Uh, we saw how good Sweden is, and that's a, a really, really good team. Canada's been getting better and better. Uh, you think the reaction to the women's team losing as a 185 favorite will match People the men's team losing at minus 225 if they don't win the gold? The men's it will team. It will because the women's team is so hated. Sure. Um, but I, I just – I don't think – it's people that have no idea what they're talking about and no idea of the fact that, you know, just like in basketball, the world is getting better and catching up. And, you know, the women's team was dominant at a time when not a whole lot of other countries were playing. One thing I – one key point, by the way. Yeah. Say it again. They were dominant when not a lot of other teams were right. playing. And now just like same as men's basketball. Like the rest of the world was like, you're – why are you beating us at this thing we don't do? You're beating us by 100 points. What are you doing? Yeah, but the Why difference are you being is, so mean? The difference is we're basketball. We're not soccer. You know what I'm saying? Sure. The rest of the world is soccer. The women's team was the best funded program in the world. Yeah. And now there's more women playing around the world. So the, the field's going to the field's gonna tighten up. So it happens. One thing I did notice before, and I don't know if you and I talked about it, um, when I saw so many of the players returning, like – mid and late 30s i'm like where's our developmental program on the women's side where are the young players yeah how are these older women still on this team well i think there there are some you know and actually they're not as old as you think they are like i was like is megan rapino 60 so you're just saying most of them were the core when they were in their early 20s and now 18 and now they're 34 it's like their fourth it's like their fourth world cup and they're 29 you're like wait what well i don't know Um, but it's it's crazy uh not even world cup it's olympics but yeah they're they're I, I would agree. I think when when you watch it, you're like, oh, I want to see this new crop of players. You're like, wait, it's the, like the same team that's been around for eight years. Um, it is time to probably play the younger players, but I think that it's been tough to to move on from such a great generation that had so much success. But you have to get you have you have to realize that it's time to you know to turn over some of those players, and probably it will be now. Number three. So sticking with soccer and. Not necessarily what happened inside the Owl yesterday with the Gold Cup, USA, and Mexico, because we covered a lot of that in the opening hour. Good crowd. Adam said, you know, it felt very pro-Mexico in there. It turned out to be a, a great game, lots of scoring chances. USA finishes it off late. What most people around Vegas are interested in when they see, hey, sporting event, right? Big sporting event, 60,000 plus. Well, Garth, there were some problems in the uh, stadium and outside the stadium. So... I know you weren't like logistics guy and acres is, you know, on that stuff for the RJ, but what's the feedback you heard? Was there a big improvement in terms of parking, finding your way to parking, 
being able to walk and not you know die in 100 degree weather where there are water stations where there are more uh whatever petties and golf carts for folks who you know can't walk all over the place um you know have disabilities i did see water stations okay which is good because i know people talked about garth when they were arriving at 7 p.m right uh, and then, by the way, this isn't something like I demanded the water station thing. This is the Clark County Commissioner for that area saying, hey, these are some of the improvements we're going to have. You know, water stations. It's going to be a lot better directions. You know, folks who can't walk over the Hacienda Bridge, we're going to find, you know, easier way for, for them to get to the ADA drop-off. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, I'll save the one big thing that I think is going to continue to be a problem for a second. Uh, parking is probably always going to be an issue, right? And well, that, that can't that can't always be the case. That's ridiculous. Can't. There's areas there that they can buy up and build. They're going to have to build some parking garages. No, but it's going to be expensive. People are going to complain that it's expensive. They're going to complain that, you know, it. if you park, there's two things to this. You park close, you pay a lot of money, and you don't get out. That That's everywhere, though. Right. And, and if you want to park, hey, you want to pay the money to park right at the stadium? Guess what? When you leave, there's going to be thousands of pedestrians walking by you. And you're not going to be able to be able to get your car out. Okay, I talked but to several the, people but, last night. But you know, yeah, keep going. I talked to several people last night that were like, I don't know, I was parked right there. It's great. I thought I, I got to my car. I was like, let's go. And then all these people are walking and I couldn't turn out. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're parked right next to the stadium. People are going to walk by. That's how it's going to happen. So would you, you argue it's better off to find one of these smaller lots? I would that's, think that's so. kind of you know, no, dropped, no, in that, dropped in that area, which again, I, I went down there. I looked at all the lots and I'm like, well, you know, these are going to be hard to find for some people. It's like for it's tough for me to judge. I'm there four hours for the game. I leave four hours after the game. Like that's, I don't get to experience most of what's going on. Um, but I, I'm just talking to people and trying to figure out where, where, they're, where they're coming from. People that parked further away, I think had a better experience. I'll say people. There's lots that are popping up on the other side of Russell. Uh, so where there's a bunch of Marriott properties mm-hmm. there. The yeah. there's a Holiday and there's a. Uh, residency and whatever all those hotels that are over there there's a couple lots that have popped up there i know those hotels i think are charging people to park i'd park there yeah because you can come in from the south like up dean martin yeah pop right in there and then pop right out after the game i think it's gonna be really easy by the way as we predicted on the show there were going to be people who were like i have a parking lot here i am letting people park of course and there's no way they can stop that of course i mean i i guess from a licensing standpoint you're supposed to have some kind of license, but they clearly haven't stopped it because there's a need. Yeah, of course. You, you, you build a stadium on a 63-acre lot with 3,000 spots, and you don't have you know property where you've already built up multiple garages. And I think those are coming. Yeah, but I'm going to say but that's anything, the way it's going to be for this first year. Anything south of Russell is is going to be what I would tell you, because it's really easy to get in. Like I said, you come up Dean Martin from the south, like from being Southern Highlands, perfect. Yep. Come up Dean Martin park and then right after the game you could probably leave there's and there's not going to gonna be out yeah i think that's going to be ideal but again there's there's gonna it's going to be an issue where they built it they wanted to have a strip view a strip presence there's always going to be parking issues we get that there's always going to be traffic issues we get that um i heard it was better yesterday than it was last game now here's the thing that is going to be an issue everything is digital on your phone right tickets like the parking passes all that that's great awesome you, you don't have to lose anything. You have your phone. You show it to them. But if everybody's getting on their phone at the same time to show their tickets, Uh-oh. nobody's going to have cell service. <laughs> and the Wi-Fi is not going to work. And so you're going to walk up to the gate, and you're going to be like, uh, my tickets won't load. My tickets won't load. And you're going to have – Did you hear that? From everyone. Really? To the point where – I don't even I don't even know if I want to say this on the air, to be honest with you. All right, let's go to break. Say it. What do you mean? You want to tell me during a break? Well, 
We'll run it by Ari for approval. There's something that that I heard from multiple people that happened. I don't know. It, if it continues to happen, it's going to be an issue. Would you write this in the newspaper? Well, people told me it, and the, I mean, I would I would ask I would ask Allegiant Stadium's response. I'm sure they would deny it. Do you it. want to check up on more sources before you tell us? No, I've I've talked to enough people. Okay, what is it? They said that, and I understand probably why this would happen, but they said that there were so many people that couldn't call their tickets up on their phone that the ushers and the security, they were just like, just go, just go, which I don't think that there was people there that were like pretending to have it on their phone and they didn't. But if people start hearing that that's happening, they're probably going to start just showing up and being like, I can't load it. I can't load it. So I don't think they're going to do that in the future. I think it's a one-time like, hey, today we we just had to get people in. What are we gonna do? But if you can't if you can't get on either cell service or Wi-Fi to load your tickets up, that's going to be a problem. How do they solve that? I mean, I would imagine get better Wi-Fi. So they have to improve the Wi-Fi in the stadium know. and outside, just at, outside. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, the Wi-Fi is also bad at something called T-Mobile Arena. Where you would think they'd have great Wi-Fi. This is this <laughs> is a this is an amazing start for the Al. Now that we've got crowds down there, uh, the Wi-Fi is not up to snuff, so that people can use all their digital dealios. Uh, this isn't all their fault, but it certainly has not rolled out as the first mostly rideshare-friendly stadium. <laughs> Right? Well, you can't get service. You How can you get a ride? Yeah, share? you can't. You can't get service to get I out. Do think, you can't get. You can't get the ride share because there's not enough drivers. I, should I don't out. know how. I don't know how the drop off lots are working so far. It looked. There like, are some kinks to work out here. It looked like there was a map, and I didn't go check it out. But it looked like the map that they put out yesterday, that the ride share lot was closer. Okay. It was closer than it was before. How about in the stadium? Uh, it wasn't 117. Garth concert. A lot of people said it was hot as Hades. It was warm. The AC again. It was warm yesterday. It was warm, but but I, we were in the press box. We were fine. But looking down, and, and I'll say this: everybody's jammed in. It was they were walking to the stadium, in like 115 degrees. Right, so as soon as you get in, you want to take your shirt off. Jammed in, yeah. and then you could just. I was just looking down. I was like, everyone is just pouring sweat. Right. But I was like, I don't know if that's because they were walking and it was hot outside. Because the other thing is, and I don't think this will. It will happen in the football at some point. Like, I got there at 2.30, gates open at 3.30. There's already, like, 10,000 people jamming the entrances to try to get in. And so you had to, like, fight your way through to get to, like, the media entrance. And I'm like, these people are so jammed in together. Like, they have to be a million degrees. Like, they're are they're, all, they're all hot. And then people are gonna some pass clown out. is behind them saying, hey, I need to get through. Yeah. You. Yeah. But the and, – and it was a lot of media people. And, and people, you know, dragging their equipment, their cameras, and their – you know computers and all that stuff like there there was a bit of a, a cluster with that but listen all this being said if it sounds like i'm just complaining or whatever it's it's just, it's cool to have the events and like this is what you deal with this is not different than what i deal with when i travel to games you know in other cities like i've gone to all these all these venues i've gone to all like every hockey arena i've gone to most you know football arenas the last two or football venues the last two years covering the team like i've been to these places i've seen the same issues everywhere it's not new to las vegas it's not an allegiant stadium problem this is major sporting event problems. Number two. Raiders availability today. You guys are out there, what, six and a half days a week. And uh, today, chance to speak to Hunter Renfro. We'll play some uh, Renfro reaction to the expanded depth in the wide receiver core. I knew you are going to be all over this one. 
you already like the guy, you know, big fellas, you know, these guys like to hang out with each other. Some other things about Richie Incognito that I did not know, but uh, my God, how old is this guy? He sounded like he was, what is he, 37, 38? 38. He sounded like he's 38 going on 65. Come on, Richie. He was talking about, uh, you know, if there's a generation gap between the young guys and himself, and he just goes right into it. Kids these days! Yeah, I think the biggest generational gap is the music. The music these guys listen to is terrible. It's all the same. I mean, it's it, it's nauseating. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing he was referencing whose music? Everyone besides his own, I would imagine. All right. Do you have any clue what he likes to listen to? Is he Gruden-esque? I mean, he's got to be. It's a running thing, like, when you, when you go to practice. And I'm sure most people have watched videos from, like, Raiders practice. And there's either... Like, like new hip hop or like ACDC and every time like an old an old rock song comes on we're all like oh Gruden picked Gruden picked and then something else comes on like oh that's one of the players got to pick this one uh, but yeah I would imagine Incognito is kind of in line with the Gruden picks like the old uh, the video store like you know uh, the employee selections like Hank's pick yeah Gruden's picks are all they're all so predictable and I'm sure Incognito is right on the same boat so he actually did address something else in the generation gap in terms of hanging out with other offensive linemen. And this makes sense. I didn't know this about Incognito. I'm a single guy, so I, I, I get where they're coming from. You know, I've, I don't have a wife. I don't have a kid. So I hang with the boys, me, Andre, Colton, uh, all the guys on the line. So there's not too much of a, a big gap. Um, there you go. Um, is that why you like him? <laughs> what, that he's hanging is that out? Why, is a single guy? A single guy, not married, no kids. You guys have a lot to talk about? We talk, we talk about UFC. How you doing? That's really all we talk about. All right. That's hard. That's well, that, that moves him up my list. Yeah, I was thinking about it yesterday. I had a, a few people over at uh, Casa de Cofield hang out at the pool. And I was like, I know a lot of single people. And they're not that young anymore. Do I know all crumbs who are beyond having a mate? Or have they all made the decision you know, to not be with someone? And that's actually why they have the time to hang out with me. Very complicated question there. It's, it's very tricky. Uh, yeah. I don't Do you know. hang out with more married people or single people? Because I have married friends. It's like fifty-fifty. But the married friends can't really do stuff often. Well, I think it's once you have a kid, especially, then you're done. But you also have to keep in mind I'm old, so I actually I know a lot of married people whose kids are on the verge of being out. <laughs> so it's a whole new life, baby. That's, that's old. It's really well, but it's all it's it's like all of them. Uh, well, if their kids are on the way out, you know, out of the house. All of that means they had their kids by the time they were like 27 years old. So, which looking back on it now is, is smart, I think. Well, it's smart unless to just not if, have, kids. unless they haven't achieved it all, and then maybe it was a disaster. If you're 27, you probably can't afford kids yet. Uh, back in my day, you actually could. Okay. I think I feel like in the 90s and early 2000s, you could. Everything's changed now. But yeah, if you're 20 something, uh, not John Von Tobel, and you're having kids, you are rolling the dice. It just seems so expensive ridiculous what are you, it's a terrible investment back to incognito you know the biggest thing i see is just it's this will be a broad generalization i'm not talking about anybody in particular but you know not a lot of uh not a lot of the guys that come in get it you know about the grind about the hunger about you know when i when i came in it was be quiet get in the weight room earn your reps earn your spot now these guys come in and it's, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all this, all this hype. And, uh, you know, oh, I did this in college and they kind of live off that. And, uh, 
you know, it takes them a year or two or three to, to learn what it takes to stick at this level. And a lot of them, you know, don't learn it till they're out. So I think, uh, you know, that's what I'm constantly on the guys about, you know, you got to be hungry every day. You got to grind. You got to, you got to really want this with every ounce of your body and just, you know, put everything you have into it. My God, July 5th, 1983 was it was when that guy was born. What is, I mean, did, did he leave? Did he leave using a walker with tennis balls on the bottom? No, just he, screaming at everybody like every every step. Ah, damn it! What is this? The the, the get off my lawn yeah. scream. Uh, had to get home to watch Matlock. <laughs> he is seventy five years old. Oh my god, he's thirty eight years it's old. Ridiculous. He just turned thirty eight. It's it's. I was just sitting, I was laughing. I'm surprised <laughs> you couldn't hear me laughing. I was just like, dude, what are you doing? The music stinks. The music. The Instagrams. Like, all right, Richie, settle down. You're still an NFL player. You're, you're not even 40. Settle down. Number one. My Lord. Uh, Mike Mayock has tested positive for COVID, but you're telling us he's fully vaccinated. He's not feeling anything so far for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Said, uh, you know, he could have been much worse had he not been vaccinated. So um, saying that, you know, yes, you're going to break through cases, usually less severe. And in his case, feeling pretty fortunate that he was vaccinated and uh, dealing with it pretty well here. Uh, but he was, has been away from the team for a couple of days, some pivotal days in training camp. Not that, you know, he needs to be hands on, but he, he likes to get a, a look at the guys as he has to prepare for cut down in a couple of weeks. So um, some evaluation period being missed, but he's check, checking it all out on video and uh, keep it up to date on everything. So uh, he'll be back soon. And, um, you know, just one more guy. It's They get Jalen Richard back today. He was back on the field for the first time. He's off the list. And now Mike Mack goes on. So nothing disastrous at Raiders camp, you know, as far as COVID injuries yet, you know, I say yet because something, something always happens in terms sure. of injuries. Vikings camp uh, ain't good right now in terms of quarterback availability and Colts camp is even worse. Carson Wentz is down for a while. It could be six weeks. It could be 12 weeks. It could be most of the season. It could be part of the season. We'll get you updated on how that actually affects the Raiders and some names out there that the Colts could go after, but all of a sudden now the Colts have gone from a team that, you know, could win its division to where, I don't know, can they even go 500 if Wentz is out for freaking 12 weeks? It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. He's a great talent. He took a team to the playoffs. The Titans went from worst to first with him. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio. He's got as much football character as anybody you'll meet. Uh, he's a great athlete and a great teammate, and uh, we're excited to have him here. Nate Peterman is playing well, too, so Greg Olson's done a nice job with the quarterbacks. Boy, John Gruden likes his quarterbacks. Does he like him enough to move one of them? That's the question. Carson Wentz is hurt. He could be down for three months. He could be down for six weeks. The Colts are, I mean, they're in trouble here. This is not the greatest group behind Carson Wentz. Uh, Brett Hundley just signed. Young guy like Jacob Eason, other young guys. So what do they do? Do they go to the highest level of backups and try to trade for a Mariota? 
Do they go and try to get Minshew Mania from the Jags? Uh, to me, the Jags don't need Beathard and Minshew as backups. And do they have time to wait? Because coming out of the gates, Adam, Colts, first five games of the regular season, Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. 54 and 26 a year ago. Those five yeah. teams. Yeah. It's a, it's a brutal start to the season. It was going to be a brutal start anyway. Yeah. And now you compound it and leave all the mysteries. I, I think I think they wait a breath and especially to see how the surgery goes. A lot of times you can tell. You know, they, they have that timeline five to twelve weeks, which is insane. It's a it's so much of, of a difference if you if you misses five weeks or twelve weeks. But a lot of times when you have the surgery, actually Richie Incognito talked about it today. He said they they fought having surgery for so long last year uh, on his injury. And they finally said, okay, we have to have surgery. And then when they went in to perform the surgery, they were like, oh, it's actually not that bad. And so, like, that sometimes you happens. You know, the funny thing is I threw my head back like, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, that's well, that's what happens. I yeah, mean, yeah you, just, you never once, know. Once you, once you go in there, you see even more. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's possible that they go in, uh, operate on Carson Wentz's foot, and they're like, oh, okay, this is easy. We'll be back in five weeks. It's possible they go in and say, oh, he's out two years. Like, what, what are we doing here? Um, so you don't know. So I think maybe they they wait. They let him have the surgery, which is going to happen here in the next couple of days, and then maybe get a better timeline and then make a decision. If it's twelve weeks, you have to make a move. To me, like this is a team that could win the division if they have a quarterback in place. You have to make a move. And if they go go in there and say, "All right, he's probably only missing the first month," maybe you try to make do. Would the Raiders be open to trading Mariota if it was a good enough pick? Or is that too risky with Nate Peterman as your backup? I mean, it, it's possible that we know they treasure draft picks. And if they could get a second, it also saves money. I mean, Mariota makes a pretty good amount of money. Um, then maybe you think about it. I, I don't – it's certainly – I don't just give them away. Um, if you're like, hey, well, fifth-round pick, like, no, we're good. Because Mariota's valuable to have. It, to have a, a good backup quarterback – is so important. It's a luxury so many teams don't have. You also knocked his contract down to nothing. Yeah. So he's valuable for you, and he's even more valuable to others, especially cash-strapped, which everyone is now. So, oh, you want him, and he's at this salary? Then you're giving up a lot. Yeah. And so, um, and I think you look around, and Carr's been durable, and Carr is unquestionably the starter, and we get all that. But you never know. He did have one season in 2016 where he missed time, certainly at the end. He's missed a couple of games here and there. Uh, but he's been very durable. They haven't had they haven't had to have one. But that doesn't that doesn't mean you're not going to need a backup quarterback this year. And it does seem like they are positioning themselves to actually use Mariota in games this year. Let's build on that because uh, Incognito had a comment about it today, and even Gruden uh, was saying that yeah, we're running different plays for each guy, Carr and Mariota. Wow. All right, Mariota actually could be in the mix to potentially solve a big problem that existed most of last year. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. I don't think people realize practicing at 7.30 a.m. is, I think, unprecedented, at least in my career as a coach. And to have uh, everybody come out uh, with that type of concentration and energy and effort was impressive. Hot out there. Know, kicking off at 7.30. Guys got to get up at 5 a.m. every day. So I, these guys must like football. That's promising.
Yeah, I don't think the average fan realizes, you know, the challenges of Vegas. I mean, we all, you know, those of us who are here for years know how freaking hot it is, although I don't have to go out and practice football. Uh, so, yeah, they got to start early every day. By the way, I did not realize the uh, the testing, if you do have to test, do the unvaccinated players have to test every day? Yeah. And is the window 6 to 6.30 in the morning? I uh, believe that's my window, yeah. So I, <laughs> I was told, yeah, I was talking about uh, media access, and I'm like, whoa, okay, that's early. Players every day. And this is that whole thing back to last year. Uh, Darren Waller told us you know, two weeks ago on the show, because I was saying, hey, was, you know, what was the most challenging thing about COVID? And you're glad it's gone. And he's like, the daily testing. He's like, we, we couldn't go anywhere. So then now it's still in place for the unvaccinated players, 6 a.m., but then practices 7.30 just about every day. And Gruden just said, I mean, you got you got to be disciplined and you got to like football to be getting up that early. Not to make it about myself, but I will. Do you know the lifestyle change that I have to go through for training camp? I know. I usually go to bed at 5. Yeah. I have to be this, there. This is the reverse. This is a reverse of your normal clock. I think your your normal clock is like six a to eleven a sleep. I think that's all you sleep is five hours yeah. a day. And I think you've always had that that Sunday crash, you know, where you just hibernate at the end Except of the week. For last night, with you got killed. You got killed soccer. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's it is. It, it's and, it's and a huge I mean, change. for football players, not not. I mean, I would think during training camp, you're not shacking a fool and staying out very late no, but, but, but here is especially freaking early because of the heat and you just can't be out there to the middle of the day no but it's also and it, it does ruin your day for you know listen i know a lot of people get up early all the time but when you're when you're used to a certain thing and i think players in general especially in the off season aren't getting up that early and during the, most seasons you're probably getting the facility around 9 10 not around 6 or 5 30 and with testing last year You'd have, you have one day off, basically. Uh, Saturday's a little bit, but Tuesday's the day off in the NFL. Everyone knows that. Around the league, everybody knows Tuesday's a day off. But you still had to wake up super early and go test. I did. The players did. Everyone around them did. Like, you got used to it. Really. You hmm. couldn't do anything because you don't have any day off because you have to go get tested. And I know, listen, people work seven days. We, I know all that. But this is a different lifestyle for a lot of people who now, even under days off, you have to get up. And so now the, uh, the vaccinated players have a much – more lenient schedule for me i think it's the same with the players i have to test every two weeks instead of every day now um still masked but you know not having to test every single day which is nice uh but if you're unvaccinated you do have to test every day you have to be remote you have to be virtual you have to wear masks all those other things and so i like i said earlier i was talking to some agents that said you know some players might be fighting this but once they got to camp he's like they were like i have a very strong feeling that a lot of guys are gonna be like nah i'm not dealing with this i'm getting vaccinated Yeah, but it takes time. I know it takes like four weeks to your, from your first yeah. shot to until you're vaccinated, or five weeks. So on the quarterback front, uh, you said Mariota wasn't great today, but he was great to open camp. He struggled. Gruden mentioned on Saturday, yeah, we run some different plays for both Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, and then I think he looked at you guys and he's like, "You guys would too." <laughs> and then I was thinking, well, I mean, I guess, I mean, guess you get prepared as much as possible, but Mariota's not playing, so what? You know, I guess that's in, in the event of worst-case scenario. And then I see the note today that Richie Incognito wants the team to, quote, get smarter in the red zone, suggest Marcus Mariota package. Really? Well, like, this is one of those things where, you know, you said you, you referenced something earlier. Like, would you write that in the paper, or is this just something that you know or feel about? Like, this has been the talk of camp from the media. We've all been saying they have a Marcus Mariota package. 
Like they're going to run plays from Mariota this year. He's going to come on the field. Now, how often they do it, how much they incorporate it, if it's every game, is it certain situations? Um, those things are all remain to be be seen. And will they even do it? I mean, they have it ready to go. Doesn't mean you're going to put it in. They've, there's plays every year that you have in your playbook that you never call. There's a there is a plan in place to run Marcus Mariota plays. Whether that ever happens, who knows? And how certain players react to that, who really that's, knows? That's what I was thinking, too, is, you know, great established quarterbacks aren't real keen on no. bringing in the guy with the legs. And I'm not sure that, you know, in the biggest moments of the season, in the red zone, that Derek Carr would be – he'll be cool although, He'll be cool out front. Of course. But I, I'm not sure behind the scenes. Although if, if, I'm, if I'm Gruden, I'm saying, you ever heard of Drew Brees? That's a good ego check. <laughs> like – He's done it the last couple of years. Now he's gone now, but he's done it the last couple of years. I don't think he loved it, but you know he's been a part of that, and he, he thought it would help the team win, and that's how they played it. Um, so yeah, I think I think the there is a question of whether how often they'll do it, and and whether they will even do it at all. But the the package is in; they're ready to go with it at some point this year. A lot of positions improved in well, I'll say possibly improved but they're doing it and this is on the Raiders roster they're doing it through strength and numbers so that would be the safeties right hopefully that works out another one is wide receiver they still don't really have a number one unless Henry Ruggs emerges as a you know a 70 catch guy you know with eight or ten touchdowns and you know goes over a thousand yards that could happen. He's the number 12 pick in the draft sure. for a reason. Hopes are high. I thought this was really interesting today with Renfro talking about some of the other dudes who are now on the scene, some of the veterans like Willie Sneed. As long as we win, that's the end goal. It doesn't matter how it gets done, uh, whether it's Willie getting all the yards or me. And so um, it's been good to have that veteran leadership. And I really enjoy talking to Willie because um, he's done it uh, for a while and he's done a lot of choice routes and have done a lot of underneath stuff and just how he sees the game. It's helped me a lot, you know, being able to read coverages and skipping off the ball and being able to decipher if they're playing top hat, if they're locking it. Last two years, I just kind of feel in the defense. Now it's like, what are they giving me? What can I take? And uh, know from the very pre-snap what, what, what you're going to do for the most part. I'm always fascinated by stuff like this because the thinking part of football, I think most people have no clue the work that goes into it and what experience means. And obviously a quarterback, it's, you know, especially with Carr, and, you know, Gruden's a lunatic. He's got 85 million plays. Mayock said that the other day. He's like, I don't know what the deal is with Derek Carr in terms of his memory, but it's, like, off the charts. And with John, with Gruden, you got to have a guy like that because John's got – he's got all these different options, all these different plays. But I love hearing from a receiver, you know, Renfro's been pretty good, probably, you know, outplayed his draft position. And he's like, yeah, you know, I did a lot of it by feel, but now I'm learning from some of the other veterans, and I'm getting closer to knowing pre-snap where I need to go. Well, it's also – there's that, but there's also when you get to that level of pre-snap, knowing everything that you need to do, it also helps on the other side as far as like imp improvisation and that sort of thing. And we saw the other day, and actually we uh, asked Hunter Renfro about this today. Uh, there was a play the other day where he was completely covered. He was blanketed in the end zone, wasn't going anywhere. And he kind of gave a glance to Carr. Carr saw him and... Carr knew exactly what was going to happen and Renfrew knew what was going to happen and where he went one way, the ball went the other, and then he knew exactly when to turn around and catch the ball, even though there was insanely good coverage, they just knew. And he said, 
look at look that's understanding everything about the offense and about each other but that's also that's just backyard football like we've thrown the ball enough from the backyard like i can just look at him he looks at me we know where to go now that could be dangerous too if you get it wrong and it ends up being an interception and you look foolish because you went the wrong way and uh the ball's picked off by somebody but it was it was totally setting up a defender having the ball go to another place and then you not reacting until the last second and being in the perfect spot to catch a ball like those things work out because you're so prepared and so ready but also ready for that next step baseball update on the way back you are not going to believe andrew heaney over from the angels for the yankees what he's done so far in his debut the cofield and company crew is back tonight at 10 30 it's john von tobel and adam hill with their smarter than you podcast watch at steve cofield on twitter or on youtube Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Let's close out with some basketball. NBA here in a second, but uh, this one's weird. The Syracuse women's head coach for basketball resigned for alleged inappropriate behavior over the years. He's been the coach since 2006. He's 50. He was a coach when he was 36 years old. You know, good record, like 319 and 160-something. But alleged inappropriate behavior from bullying and threats to forehead kisses. What? Isn't that your move? No. Okay. My move? Forehead kiss. It's like a grandpa thing. No. You've seen me around oh, males and females. There's very little touching at all, it, the, especially in COVID times. Uh, one former player said the way he threatened us, like we all knew would never physically harm us, but he'd always be talking about beating our asses. Like, I'll F you guys up. I'll F you up. I'm going to be on your ass if you F this up uh, and also screaming at them. I don't give an F about you in the locker room. That was a locker room halftime speech in 2019-20. He also in the past, he hired hired a guy named Ronnie Enoch, uh, who actually had been fired from his previous job over sexual harassment accusations. So, I mean, I guess we'll let the details emerge on this one. Uh, 20 players have left the program since 2018. Highest transfer rate amongst Power 5 Teams under one head coach, women's basketball coach at Cuse, out. I mean, I'm very much caught up on the forehead kiss. I know it's like you can't you can't get past it. It's weird. It's yes, it's a weird move. Yes, not motivational. It's uncomfortable. And Stop. as you said, COVID time. Stop it. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Well, the Bulls have created some magic here in the off season. Oof, what, uh, a, what a back. They've, they've got a, they've got Zach Levine and uh, and Vucevic. Uchevich, who said it, whatever. Uh, they've got those guys to build around. They've got some other good young players. Uh, now with Levine is Alex Caruso and fellow former Laker Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball deal is done. I thought it was just an offer sheet, but they did a sign and trade. So Lonzo is getting four years and $85 million. Great and uh, Al Caruso is getting four years and about $37 million bucks. This is a part of the Bulls' rise into being a playoff team. You I'm like a, it? I'm a big Al Caruso guy. Uh, do you claim him? I know you claim Lonzo is your brother. Do you claim Alex Caruso? Why would I do that? Uh, his girlfriend is a shore girl. Is that right? Yeah. And there, there was a lot of spe- the, the internet speculation is so ridiculous. 
but she posted the other day on, on Instagram that, you know, uh, she took uh, Caruso back to meet her parents or whatever. Oh, yeah. All right. And she said something like, uh, he's a shore guy now or something like that. He's a shore like, guy. He's playing for the Knicks. Like, no. Uh, there's she's speculation. Just, she's just saying that he's visiting her family in the, at the shore. It's ridiculous. Mia Amabile? Sounds right. You're right. Yeah, report the other day. He's a Jersey Shore boy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, speculation that he could be going to the Knicks. Maybe the Nets. <laughs> well, there was people were like, well, he's not the Nets. They don't have enough room for him. Couldn't be them. But, yeah, they were in. Why, where is she from? She's not from the actual shore? No, no. They have a picture in Avalon, which is south of Atlantic City. Very ritzy. Okay. Not really my part of the shore. Very ritzy. All the shores the same. It's all. It's, it's all not. It's not all the same. Trust there, me. There's no shore store in Avalon. Uh, yeah, Seaside is not Avalon. Nor is if you want to go to the uh, Bay Shore, like Keensburg is not Avalon. It's what a, about it's a different. It's a different Jenks. economic. Stra- Point Pleasant is not Avalon either. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's all different. Right. All right. It's the upper crust of the upper crust. All right. She doesn't look like she's typical shore. Um, I mean, uh, well, uh, who knows? Fake blonde, maybe. Sure. All right. Not bad. You doing further research? Stick your hand in there, Dave. Is Caruso's girlfriend as effective on social media as Nick Bosa's? Oh, boy. What is going on oh. here? Okay. This is a developing story. Let's just say Nick Bosa's girlfriend used a very offensive term on social media. Has she owned up to it? Like, she actually did it? Or is she going with the, she, I got hacked she excuse? deleted it. And she dropped an N-bomb. Yeah. Uh... It was in a quote, but it was a quote from her friend. So like it, wasn't, she, it wasn't a song. It's not like a song lyric. Yeah. She quoted her friend who you, and then she laughed at it. So like she's, well, she laugh emoji. <laughs> so I assume that she's laughing at her friend's offensive comment. Uh, I Like when it's, when it's song lyrics, I'm cool with it. I don't think you can quote your friend saying the word and then laughing at it. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but then now people are like, wow, Nick Bosa, racist girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't you know? Don't we, typecast we drink, people just we because. Drink water. <laughs> don't you, you? That's not fair to do. I, I mean, obviously, I was going to say something obvious. I'd be freaking livid if I were Nick Bosa. Like, what are you doing? First of all, you shouldn't be thinking like that. You shouldn't be saying it. You shouldn't want to be around people who think it's funny. Oof. And the other part of it is, listen, sweetie. I play in the NFL. I've got millions of dollars on the line. What are you doing? Right. This is we're all a team in this. You can't be doing crap like that. When my contract isn't what it should be because they're like, oh, we don't know if we can trust you. You got a racist girlfriend. That's on you. Then you're going to complain well, about not getting a new car or whatever you're going to complain about. Are you really playing out this conversation? <laughs> yes. I started it, and then you just you all of a sudden took it to now she's not getting stuff because that's, also, that's the penalty. Well, I also was like when you were saying, "Honey, what are you doing here?" Like I, my impression is that Nick Bosa is like, "What took you so long?" I, I don't know that we can say that Nick Bosa is racist. I didn't. Okay. I just think it doesn't. It's not that crazy to me. Stick your hand in there, Dave. And as we like to say. We do need to deliver on the T's to close things out. We do? Yeah. What was it? Ari, go ahead and type that up. Uh, in the meanwhile, 
I do want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're actually using their studios today. Very nice of the guys to allow us to use the brand new studios. Uh, remember, you might not need an attorney today or tomorrow, but when that situation arises, it's going to be important to have them on speed dial. That's when you need someone you can trust. Our guys are Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers, Matt Hoffman, the entire team. We trust these guys. They've been on with us forever. Battleborn Injury Lawyers cares about getting you the best compensation for your injuries. 570-9000 is the number. 570-9000. Stick your hand in there, Dave. No. Uh, Andrew Haney and his start oh, yeah. for the Yankees. Thanks, sorry. Uh, Historic. Oh, my God. Historic. This is like Steve Trout-esque. You don't need to do this when you – I mean, people are a little bit doubtful already. Four home runs in four innings? He hit four home runs? No, he gave up four home runs. Fly ball pitcher going to Yankee Stadium. Everyone was like, be worried about this guy. Be very worried. Is that good? Oh, no. Do we have another update? Have they added more to it? It's the freaking Orioles! It's 4-1 now. I told Koken. Minus 280 was ridiculous.